Here we go, my friends. Today is a Tuesday, the 20th of June, the last day of spring indeed. It's a little cold here in Boise, Idaho. I think the high yesterday was 60 degrees. Um, it's probably hovering right around 58 to 62, but I am excited for the longest day of the year, summer solstice tomorrow. I'm always a fan of huge amounts of light, but unfortunately, starting tomorrow, the days get shorter, so uh, I just really like those times of day. Uh, the sun the sun is setting at 9.30ish. It's dusk until 10.20. Uh, it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. But uh, here we go. I just did a podcast. I just posted it yesterday. I believe it's a podcast that I've been behind on. I owe you all one. A podcast number 319 entitled Tin Can Theory. A little on the shorter side. But I'm back to the longer ones, my friends. This podcast is another one from Nepal. I have this one and one more left, basically. And uh, this is podcast number 320. This is called... A Day in Holacy, Nepal. I've noticed with this run of podcasts coming from my pilgrimage, my third Buddhist pilgrimage in Nepal, I, uh, I, you know, I did a lot of day things. So, you know, I had a day at Swai Bhunath and or maybe that's coming up. I had a day at Budanath, um, uh, in a couple other days, uh, oh, a day in Lumbini, that kind of thing. And um, this is a day in Holacy, and Holacy is a very small town. I, I don't even want to call it a town. It's a municipality, but even smaller. Could almost be a village, but it's starting to become much more popular. We'll call it a very small town. Uh, and it's about... It's a couple hundred kilometers southeast of Kathmandu. Uh, it took us nine hours to drive there, but I think in most cases with the proper vehicle, and I say that lovingly, jokingly, uh, but yet still very supportively because my driver is a miracle driver to get this vehicle all the way to Holacy. Uh, mostly that's a four-wheel drive uh, drive, but it took us nine hours total. I think in most cases it might take seven. Uh, the roads in Nepal aren't like they are here in the United States. And that one is not paved the whole way. Uh, you know, there's a huge drop hundreds of feet down at times. People are driving a little nuts. And I think for two and a half hours of that drive... It basically felt like I was sitting on a bull. Like it, there was the, the potholes are like small swimming pools. There were some so big, our, the, this whole van went in. It's a, it's a small Suzuki van. It's not four wheel drive. That's for sure. This is more like a city taxi. And in fact, when I told the shop owner that I just came back from Holacy, he asked me how long it did it took me to get there. I said it took nine hours. And he said, well, what kind of vehicle did you take? And I showed him the picture of the vehicle and the driver. And he 
he was hurt. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, that is not a, uh, that is not the car you drive to Holocene. He's like, that, that, that's not good. He's like, you're, you're, the person that set this up should know better. But it's the driver from my hotel that I've been going to for the last three years. I'm actually astounded that he made it. it I, there, were, there were two times I thought for sure we were going to roll over or die or both or we weren't going to make it over these boulders. I, I'm just, the guy drives like a mountain goat. I, it is just unbelievable what he did in this vehicle and what this vehicle took. It was a hard nine hours. Let me just start with that. It was a hard nine hours. Um, it was both brutal and beautiful. Oh, my word. I cannot tell you how beautiful the landscape of Nepal is. And, of course, in the background are the Himalayan mountains. But, you know, there's so many valleys, and it's very open. And, you know, once we got out of Kathmandu, it's very quiet. It's very clean. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I had such an incredible experience driving to Holocene. Um, I also realized uh, the type of food that I shouldn't be eating because I had some, I had two of the same meals and that night I was paying the price for it, if you know what I mean. Uh, and then for the next two days in Holacy, I, I just ate rice and roti. Roti is kind of a local bread. It's like non bread. Uh, I had to, I had to take my stomach back to, I had to reset my stomach. Uh, and I paid a high price. I paid a high price. Um, the food's delicious, but I had to figure out what didn't work with me. And then I finally figured it out. It, it, it could be one of three things. It could be the doll, which I don't think it is. Um, it could be this pickled uh, uh, relish. Or it could be this the greens that they serve. I don't know, but I stopped eating... All of those, and I ended up being fine. So that was a great experience. Because uh, it's a long drive. We left at 6 a.m. I think we got there at about, we pulled into Holacy at 5 o'clock. And I wanted to go to Holacy last year. But just based on my schedule um, and the other things that I was doing on the pilgrimage, I spent, you know, I spent a few days in, in Lumbini, which is the birthplace of Buddha. Um and a number of things that I wanted to do, I just, you know, once I realized that it, it's a minimum of four days, right? That's kind of the deal because it takes one day to drive there. And then you should be there two full days and it takes one day to drive back. And um, so, yeah, last year I couldn't go. I, my main goal this year was to go to Holacy, Holacy, Nepal. Uh, my main goal last year was to visit the birthplace of Buddha and spend good time there, which I did. I also went back this year to Lumbini, the birthplace of Buddha, but I only stayed, uh, I only did overnight. I flew in very early. I spent the whole day. I woke up the next day, spent the whole day there, and then came back. I did get into a car accident, which accident, which was tragic. You'll have to listen to my podcast, A Day in Lumbini. Uh, to pick up on that, but uh, my main goal was to get to Holacy, and 
when I spoke to the hotel owner, um, Raj, he, uh, Ramu, I'm sorry, his name's Ramu. He, he said he could work it out. We'll work it out when I got there. I kind of was under the assumption I was going to be taking a four wheel drive vehicle. Um, but I wasn't, and there were some benefits there because the driver, who's a good friend of mine now, uh, we have a great relationship, so he can work with my time, I can work with his time. It's kind of like a personal drive. It's like a long day drive, uh, whereas if I take a four-wheel drive vehicle, I rent another person to drive, I don't have a lot of control. The The, the ride may be more comfortable, but I can't say when I want to stop or how long I want to hang out or anything like that. So pros and cons each way. Regardless, my driver, Navaras, the guy is a miracle mountain goat driver. Unbelievable what he did. I, I'm speechless. Unbelievable. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about Holacy. Holacy is a is a town is a small village in Nepal where Pamasambhava, who is a great Buddhist guru from the past, um, very prominent, the most prominent figure in Tibetan Buddhism outside of Buddha, uh, from India, spent a lot of time in Tibet. Was the main reason why Tibet uh, stabilized and has rel- uh, Buddhism as their way of thinking in that country. And all of Buddha's teachings actually got to Tibet, which is in itself a miracle. Uh, and Pamasambhava had a lot to do with that. Uh, he spent a lot of time uh, in Holacy at this these very famous caves called Maratinka. Well, Maratinka Cave, but there's two caves there. Um, I actually, this time around in Nepal, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time in caves. Uh, I visited a lot of sacred places where great Buddhist masters practiced and uh, visited and hung out and lived and just did amazing, amazing things. And I was fortunate enough to get to Maratinka. This place is very special to me uh, because there's a relationship with another Buddhist a deity we refer to as uh, Amitayus. Now, I don't want to get its long life. I don't want to get too much into that. This podcast is not necessarily a Buddhist podcast, but it is a podcast about my uh, my one-handedness and my travels and just everything one hand speaks. Uh, but I had, I, I got to tell you, I had a most incredible time in Holacy. I would like to spend more time there. And not just because the caves are amazing, uh, but the drive was beautiful and brutal. Let's not forget that. But there were some other bonus stuff that happened. And uh, uh, so this podcast might be a little bit longer. I'm getting ready to go to Aikido right now. So I, I did want to get, you know, 12 minutes, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of speaking in. Uh, this podcast is just going to be down and dirty. I'm just going to just drop it in and send it out. Um, but yeah, the hotel that we stayed at, which was basically a homestay, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like a formal hotel, but it's a the local family that has a couple rooms above their home. Uh, 
and they they rent it out to people and my driver just pulled in he said what do you think about this place and i said hey it's fine with me let's work it out you know and uh, i was paying 11 dollars a night and his room was like 680 a night so i paid for his room basically we got you know two rooms mine had a shower his had a like a a public shower that uh, other people that were renting space there uh could use but it was basically 20 bucks a night and i had a phenomenal experience the family there was incredible and you know the next day uh he asked me he's like you know we can go get we can go down like cuz i took a big walk and down in the lower part of the city there's a bunch of like four or five story hotels more modern hotels uh which has hot water. The place we stayed at didn't have hot water. Uh, so it's only, the only running water they have is cold. And that's, you know, it's a Nepali thing, small town thing, which is not a problem. But, you know, I felt really good supporting this family. And the food was delicious. It made me feel good. The bed was incredibly comfortable. And it was very close to Maratinka Cave. Uh, and I had great conversations with the two daughters and the son, which I will talk about, because meeting these people, meeting these two young women and their younger brother was just, these two young ladies, was just absolutely incredible. I mean, they are so cool. They are so smart. They are so kind. <clears throat> They're so hip. And uh, yeah, that you know what? That's all I'm going to say right now, because... I really want to get into it, but I got to go teach Aikido right now. So I'll come back later and finish recording. All right, here we go again. I am back from Aikido and uh, getting ready to go to bed. Just want to get this podcast together uh, and get it out to you, my friends. So I left off. I was talking about uh, spending time at this homestay. And, uh, you know, my driver was like, well, we'll spend the night here and then we'll see what happens tomorrow. And the next day he wanted me to maybe change hotels, uh, to one of the, I guess one of the nicer ones down the way. And as I mentioned, I didn't really want to do that because I liked the family. He brought it up because, uh, there was no hot water. So basically the home had plumbing, but no hot water, uh, and, you know, the hotels down the way have hot water. And basically, I didn't shower for five days on this trip. Um, and uh, partly because um, there was cold water, uh, but that really wasn't the issue. It was just more a timing thing. And then, uh, you know, like it, it's cold in the morning, it's cold at night. I don't want to necessarily shower at that time. So I kind of just... I just gave up on taking a shower. But he's like, oh, we can get a hot shower down there. You can get a hotel there. And I was like, you know what? No, I, I like it here. The bed is comfortable. The view is very sweet. We're close to the Maratinka Caves. Uh, and I, it feels very like home. You know, I can say this, like their family, because there was a father and a husband and wife and three kids. Uh, and they, you know, they just catered to people guests and pilgrims and you know people coming to the Maratinka cave and uh and then homestay you know I'm I'm staying there and they cook some really good food 
Uh, and it's funny, too, because I wasn't really prepared for this, but I thought it was great. Uh, there was a knock on my door, and it was one of the young teenage girls. I think she's 14 or 15. Her older sister's 17, and the younger son is 13. Uh, the middle one knocked on my door, and she's like, hey, come on down. It's time to eat. We're all eating together. So I basically ate with the family. And you know what I thought was really cool is that the, the kids... The, the three teenagers, they all spoke English very well. Um, and it was really refreshing for a moment to, to just speak English and communicate at a decent level with someone. Because uh, that really wasn't happening that much in Nepal uh, while I was there. And they were really cool. They had a lot of questions. We had a number of sessions communicating uh, mostly at dinner. I did three dinners with them, so, and a number of breakfasts. All I ate for two and a half days was roti and uh, the bread, roti and egg. That was it. Uh, and I did have, found a place to get some good coffee uh, near Maratinka Cave. There was a coffee shop near there. Uh, no, no, small town Nepali coffee shop, but it was really good stuff. Um, yeah, it was funny when I was talking with these girls, they were, you know, in the boy, they were just asking me about America and, you know, what I do. And I was asking them questions and, you know, they started giggling a little bit. They're like, oh, this is just like we're on a podcast. <laughs> I was actually going to tell them I, I, I could have interviewed them. Uh, I could have told them that I, I do a weekly podcast, but I just wanted it to be spontaneous. And I thought it was really, really sweet, you know, and then. We had another dinner with, and I was sitting with the two teenage girls and they had their friend over and they're like, oh, let's get back to the podcast, you know, and they were asking me questions and I was asking them questions and it was really good. I had a, a very, very good connection with the younger daughter, uh, the middle child. Um, and that was really special, like that really carried and actually opened up to her a little bit about some other personal things that was going on in my life, because there wasn't a lot of people I could talk to. And we had, you know, we really communicated well. And we just really, you know, I think she's super cool. Uh, I was staying at her house. We were eating dinner together. The parents were nice. The The young boy I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah, the whole thing, like I had such a great time at this homestay. It was actually, you know, other than spending time in Maratinka cave and, and going to Manjushri's cave, like my homestay with this family made the whole thing like extra, super cool, deliciously special. Like, I mean, way, way special. Like it was like, it was hard to leave in a real way. Like it was hard to leave because it felt like felt like home. And these people, they took really good care of me. Uh, you know, yeah, it was really good. The girl, the, the, the middle girl was like, she's like, do you have a steady job? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I work. You know, she's like, oh, you get a weekly paycheck. I'm like, oh, yeah. And she's like, what, tell me, tell me what you like about America. And what do you like about Nepal and all that? And they gave me great information about Maratinka Cave and the lower cave, Bashaha. Uh, I had a very strong connection uh, in Bashaha uh, Cave. That's where Pamasambhava spent a lot of time. Uh, and I spent an incredible amount of time down there practicing. 
and doing mantra practice and, and meditating. And I'd go there in the morning. I'd go get coffee. I'd come back in the a later early morning uh, then I would go back to the hotel and get breakfast and hang out with the, the kids a bit we would chat and then I would go back uh, to the cave and do more practice I mean most of the time I was in Nepal I, I was practicing Buddhism uh, and I don't want to get too much into it as I mentioned you know but this cave is very special for Pamasambhava and of course for me as a Vajrayana Buddhist uh, in the Nyingma uh, but also, uh, there's a long life connection, which is represented as uh, 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 Amitayus. Um, and it is said that in this cave is where Pamasambhava realized long life. Uh, and I have a strong connection to Amitayus. So, yeah, this cave meant a lot to me. I got to pray for my teacher, Zojin Kempachoga Rinpoche for his long life and the long life of, you know, just everyone that everyone, you know, can be free from suffering and the cause of suffering and live long, healthy, and joyous lives, you know. Um, so I spent, yeah, I spent two and a half days basically in this cave. I was actually there practicing so much for so long that people started giving me money, you know, like and I I gotta I gotta say Hindus really donate a lot of money and there a lot of Hindus come to these caves Shiva is a uh, related to this cave especially the upper cave it's very Hindu, uh, but yeah you know I was practicing so long the monks got to recognize me you know we're just all in there practicing you know a lot of pilgrim pilgrims just come and look around and hang out prostrate for a little bit or whatever and then leave I'm there for days two and a half days and I am practicing all from six in the morning till six at night other than going to get food and taking a break and yeah the monks started to recognize me and then people just started giving me money you know making donations to me <laughs> and then they were asking me to give blessings to their children i'm like okay i can do this i'm an authorized dharma teacher uh i have many empowerments and um yeah i can give blessings i've done weddings and funerals and i've eulogized at people's uh, uh funeral uh ceremonies um but, you know, all the money that was donated to me, I just gave away. I gave a lot to the monks and I gave more to the homeless that were around uh, Maratinka Cave. Uh, and then I also got a special bonus. There's another cave there related to Manjushri. So I spent time there. I just had, you know what, I had a most incredible time in Maratinka, uh, in Holacy. And it's so beautiful there. It's so it's quiet, it's clean, it's far away, it's hard to get to. Oh my word, that nine-hour drive, oh, I was not looking for the drive back. Um, and we ended up staying in a small city on the way back, uh, Namo Buddha, which is the great name for a city in Nepal, Namo Buddha. Also a huge pilgrimage spot. Uh, and then I got to go visit two other caves, uh, and one of them is Yarnak Cave, Yarnak Cave, which is in Timal, which is another place of Pamasambhava. Um, and I won't talk too much about that. I spoke about that in another podcast. And I might actually do one more podcast about just this very special thing that occurred at the end of this five-day micro-pilgrimage inside of a pilgrimage. But I went, you know, five days without a shower, 
And I was really hurting that fifth day. Mentally, I was really struggling. I was very challenged. Um, but I kept reminding myself that a pilgrimage should not be easy, especially a religious pilgrimage or a Buddhist pilgrimage, you know. It should be taxing. It should be trying. It should test you. It should, you know, it should be difficult. There should be little comfort, like, you know. And then I had this great experience on day five, um, that just made it all come together. But that night, the night, the fourth night was so hard. Uh, th there were some beautiful things that occurred for sure. I'm not going to get too much into it right now. But yeah, it was difficult. And then, yeah, but day five was just, it unfolded so beautifully. It unfolded so beautifully. And, and uh, yeah, it was really amazing. But I got to tell you, I had... Maratinka was so beautiful. I got to meet some just great uh, local people. I bought a lot of stuff from some local vendors. You know, I, I tried to share as much money as I could. I gave a lot of money away. Uh, I, I did a lot of butter lamp offerings, you know. I don't really give money to children. Uh, this is a long-standing policy that I have when I'm visiting other countries. I don't give money to children. Um because they're, who knows what's really going on? And even, I mean, you don't even know what's going on in America when people are like asking for money. They, they could have a night job. It's hard to say. But you got to be pretty mindful. Uh, you got to be pretty aware. But I did buy a number of items and I did donate a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, I visited the coffee shop. I, I bought food at a couple places. And, you know, I wanted to make sure to stay at this homestay. Um, because it really, you know, I, I don't think there's been a day that I have gotten back from Nepal and certainly from Maratinka. Even after I left Maratinka and I went back to Kathmandu, I had a few days in Kathmandu resting. And then I went to Lumbini for do two days. And then I had a couple more days in Kathmandu. I, you know, spent a lot of time at Swambunath and Budanath and a couple other very sacred areas in in Kathmandu, and there hasn't been a day that has gone by since I left Maratinka that I have not thought about Holacy and the special time that I had there. And my homestay, I got to tell you, these three kids, uh, they really made it special. Like, I I think about them every day, and especially the, the, the young lady, the young teenage girl uh, in the middle, like, we communicated a lot. We had, uh, she helped me out a lot. We had a great time talking. You know, she really made the whole thing special. You know, and then her family, her parents, her mother, you know, they took such good care of me. And even like on the last day when we were leaving, you know, my driver, Navras, he's, uh, he's Hindu. And I was like, hey man, let me buy, let me buy this Hindu package you know, they had like a basket of mostly stuff to offer to Shiva. I don't really know anything about Hinduism, but I'm very aware that the upper cave has a huge uh, Hindu following and only a very small section for Buddhism, but the bottom cave is mostly Buddhist. But Hindus do come through there. And I told my driver that, you know, I mean, I paid for his room. I bought, you know, a lot of food for him and and I was like, hey, man, let me let me let me buy this for you to support the family and you can make offerings to Shiva, you know, because we had a nine hour drive coming back. 
we got up early. Uh, and it's the weekend, so there's a lot. Oh, my gosh. I think we left on a Saturday. And I, I, I had no idea how many Hindus come to that Maratinka cave. Like, there, there must have been 140 people in line to get to this cave and make offerings. Like it wasn't like that Thursday or Friday, let me tell you what. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um and I I I thought I got a recording of that long line but uh no, I I missed the opportunity. I thought I hit record but I didn't and uh so the only place that experience that memory is etched is in my memory. Um but yeah, Hindus really, they come out, they make a lot of donations, they really offer, it's really, it's very special. And I really got to see the whole area come alive on the weekend. Wow, it was, it was really, Maratinka Holacy, totally amazing. I, I want to go back. Um, I'm planning to go back in 2024. Uh, there's a few things I want to do that I wasn't able to do this last time, which is almost astounding. I want to go to Bhutan. And one of the only ways to get into Bhutan is to come in through Nepal. Uh, but N Bhutan is very expensive, and I got to get a visa every day. It's $200 a day just for the visa, and then it's probably another 300 It's going to cost me 500 bucks a day to be in Bhutan, but there's a very special temple for uh, that Pamasambhava built i mean it was built because of him and it's very famous in in vajrayana buddhism i would really like to go um but you know that's going to be five days i have 18 days you know 15 days in in Kathmandu. uh i could get back to holly i don't know we'll see we'll see but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing my friends uh these young friends of mine um and this family again in, in Holacy, it would be great to go back and to see them again and to stay with them again and spend time with them again. You know, I, I think those kind of connections are very special. And, uh, you know, spending a day in Holacy is really, you know, it's very beautiful. Like I would just get up very early, 530 in the morning. I would walk down to the cave. The cave opened up at 6 a.m., the lower cave, you know, so I would go to the lower cave and I would practice for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And then I would get up and I would walk to the upper cave and I would make offerings there and maybe practice for about 15 minutes. Uh, and then I would go get coffee at this coffee shop where I met, you know, this guy spoke decent English, like not great, but okay English. And I'd get a, a really nice double uh, Americano, real strong, you know, uh, then I would hang out for a bit, and then I would just go back to the main cave, the lower cave, Bashaha, and practice for another hour. Um, then I would go get breakfast. I'd walk back to the homestay. I would hang out and uh, talk to my teenage friends and, you know, see how the little boy, the young 13-year-old boy's doing and say hello to the parents. And um, I'd have some food, and then I would just go back to the cave and practice some more, you know, maybe another hour, hour and a half. And uh, then I would get up and walk around. I, I kind of would check out the city. It's really small. I don't even I couldn't even tell you how many people live there, you know. Uh, and I would try to buy some stuff. You know, I bought I bought just, you know, like a toothbrush, toothpaste, some some uh, butt wipes, makeup wipes, clean myself. That's how I showered. I did a podcast shower in a bag. 
So basically, I was just wiping myself down. I gave up on the idea of taking a shower, uh, and mostly for time, and then I don't want to go to bed with wet hair. And So yeah, then I would just walk around the city, I would buy some food, I would, I would make offerings, do butter lamp stuff, and um, you know, buy malas, this kind of thing, talk to some people, and um, then I would walk to the Manjushri cave, I would stay there for about I don't know, maybe an hour, just practice there. And then I would come back and I'd meet my driver friend for lunch, you know, and I'd have lunch with the family. We would hang out. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do today? I'm like, well, the same thing I always do. I'm just going to go back to Bashaha and practice some more. And I got to know, you know, I got to know a few of the, the, the street people, the beggars, you know. I can't say they're homeless, you know. Some of them, A lot of them are Hindu they're just sadhus and cities. And they would just practice and I would make them all. I'd give them the offerings that I earned, you know, and I would do prostrations. And, you know, yeah, I would just show up in the cave again. And, you know, the main monk who I sat next to, a lot of the time he just kind of motioned to the ground. He said, there's your seat, you know, and I would just pull up and I would just practice. I just do mantras and I just practiced, you know, sitting meditation and, I'd do some prostrations, and yeah, I was there, you know. I mean, I'm doing 12-hour days, basically. Yeah, and then I would just stay in the cave, and I would just practice. And then, you know, now it's like 2 o'clock, and I would get out, and I would just walk around the city, and I'd go on little hikes, you know, basically back to the Manjushri Cave and that area. The whole hillside is covered in prayer flags. I mean, it is just astoundingly beautiful and amazing. Uh, from a Buddhist perspective, you know, and I think this is one of the Buddhist sites, like you got to really be Buddhist to want to go. You know, it's different than going to Kathmandu and Swambunath. You know, I see a lot of non-Buddhists visiting those places, but, you know, this is like deep, deep Buddha. Um, you know, and then I'm not your average pilgrim. I'm not like there for the day. I'm there two and a half days. So, uh, you know, like Thursday night, I'm there from 4 p.m. on and then all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then a little bit of the morning on Sunday. But yeah, this is kind of, you know, my main thing. And then I would go back. So it's two o'clock. I would just go back after a little bit, another hour and a half of practice. I would go back to my room and, you know, kind of clean myself off, change clothes or at least get out of my clothes, you know wipe my body down, lay in bed for a little bit, just kind of relax, maybe organize. Um, just get my thoughts together and just be at peace, basically. Yeah, yeah, Holacy, so beautiful. Say hello to my little Holacy family. <laughs> and then, yeah, back to the cave, you know, at like three o'clock and uh, maybe stop and get a cup of coffee, you know, try not to drink coffee past three um, so yeah, I'd get a little more coffee and then back to the cave until five thirty, six o'clock. And then, you know, I'm, I'm almost not used to it. Like it starts to get dark kind of early in the, this area of Nepal, like here in Boise right now, we're about to hit summer solstice. Sun doesn't set until nine twenty-five. It's dusk until ten fifteen. you know, uh, but people, you know, people go to bed early because people get up early. And uh, 
so yeah, I would practice until the monks asked, basically said, it's time to go, man. Like, you got to go. And then I would get out and I would walk around Holocene a little bit, maybe go buy some incense or something and uh, meet up with my friend. And then we would have dinner, you know, like 7, 7.30, I'd have dinner with the family. And then basically it's back to my room, 9 o'clock. And then it's just solo time, whatever I'm doing then, a little more practice, could be doing a podcast. I know I did a podcast from the room and uh, and all that. So yeah, then I would just get up in the morning and just basically do it again. Uh, but that Sunday I got up, we went to the cave just for a short amount of time. But it's Sunday morning, there were actually a lot of tourists coming through and I think my... Uh, my driver, he's Hindu. I, like I said, I bought him that Hindu offering basket. and I think he wanted to practice more, but uh, there was just a lot of people. Like I didn't have a problem practicing, but I could tell he was ready to go. And we weren't really going to be there that long. I said goodbye to the monks. I got a couple nice pictures. They asked me when I was coming back. It was really, uh, it would, that moment was very special in Basha, ba, Bashaha Cave, Bashaha Cave. Yeah, and then we just got in and then we just started driving, you know, and uh, yeah, we drove out of there. Uh, we drove out of there uh, into Namo Buddha. And that, I'm going to save all that for another story. Spent the night in Namo Buddha, went to Yarnak Cave, woke up, watched the Himalayan mountains wake up, watched the sun rest its morning sunbeams on the Himalayan mountains at 5.40 in the morning. Like, yeah, then went to Namo Buddha, went to the monastery there, and yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll save all that for another day, my friends. But I'll tell you what, a day in Holocene has been etched into my heart. And the people I stayed with are very close, very close to my thinking. Uh, and I do think about all five of them, but the kids I think about every day. Uh, they, they, they are etched into my heart and I will forever be just different because of them. Like it was such a beautiful experience. Yeah, I mean, Holocene in general, Maratinka Cave, Manjushri Cave, um, Namsur Cave, we went to another cave. Like that one was like full spelunking. Yeah, that totally different experience there. But yeah, I had a phenomenal time. Like it was really, really special. It It was challenging and beautiful all at the same time it, it it is what a pilgrimage should be so i give it up one time for holacy yeah holacy all right okay my friends i'll just leave it at that i i i went on longer than i wanted but it was worth it so to all my friends out in holacy love you miss you you are in my heart and i cannot wait to see you again see i told you He's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>